God said, I need somebody willing to get up before dawn, milk cows, work all day in the fields, milk cows again, eat supper, then go to town and stay past midnight at a meeting of the school board. So God made a farmer. My administration will be focused on three very important words. Jobs, jobs, jobs. He must be a minister, a social worker, a diplomat, a tough guy, and a gentleman. And of course, he'll have to be a genius because he'll have to feed a family on a policeman's salary. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. America first. We, the citizens of America, are now joined in a great national effort to rebuild our country and restore its promise for all of our people. Because today, we are not merely transferring power from one administration to another, or from one party to another. But we are transferring power from Washington, D.C., and giving it back to you, the people. Hold on to your seats. Buckle up for safety. You are now entering another dimension with The Scott Adams Show. And that's right. My name is Scott Adams. You're listening to The Scott Adams Show. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today. And I'm joined by Leonora Cravota. Good morning, Leonora. Scott. So you've been, um, you've been busy writing up some seasonal articles uh, yeah. in your, in the, over at the American Spectator. Yeah. Um, tell us a little bit about what you've been up to and what you've been working on. Uh, I know I get emails every day. Saying, how's Leonora? (laughs) Well, I've written a few seasonal articles, uh, some that are up, or a few articles in general, some that are up and some that that haven't gone up yet because we're holding them until it gets to be Christmas. I have a Christmas article coming out about three movies to watch around Christmas, similar to the Thanksgiving article I did. And then I did write an article about the Sex and the City reboot. Uh, you know, it was a that's getting a lot of buzz. Is yeah. that Chris Knopf? Yeah, the, uh, big yes, guy. Yeah, Mr. Mr. Big Guy. So basically, the premise of my article was that I, even though the reviews were initially a little, of the series were a little mixed, there were some that were complimentary. There were a lot that were negative. I actually thought it was quite well done, and it showed a realistic view of life in the fifties, and you, you know, life you know after you hit the half century mark. And I thought the characters, the relationship, which is what made the first series works so well was still you know abundantly on display now the whole mr big controversy was you know and this is hardly a spoiler alert at this point because it's been all over the media he gets uh, killed off in the first episode after a rather vigorous peloton ride and of course peloton thought they were doing a um, product placement and a, and they didn't know the full details of the product placement so that what ended up happening was after he got killed off uh, people were calling and canceling the subscriptions, and some of this and the stock went down. Well, and I wonder if this. I think this was going on all along. There was an ad that quickly came out saying he's still alive, and you know, and they reaffirmed the value of Peloton. Well, in the day, in the last day, suddenly two women, two um, people who've worked in the entertainment industry, have come forward and have accused uh, uh, Chris Noth of uh, you know sexual assault. So uh, neither one of these cases have been corroborated, but the timing, as with these things, is 
is a little iffy and questionable. I thought it was a little dated um, when I saw, uh, you know, they went to a their friend who's a, one of the radio show hosts yeah. on this mock podcast that they were doing. And then also uh, the woman herself is a stand-up comedian and she was doing her Sa- act. Uh, Sarah Ramirez. Okay. Yeah. So never even heard of her. I hadn't her. heard of her either. Um, but I've seen her likeness. You know, I've seen, seen what... She she is familiar to me when I see her. Um, but I thought, you know, that's basically the same theme that, that was going on in the 90s. They were pushing this homosexuality uh, thing, you know. And and the the part that bothers me, the person that got killed off big, was, you know, the, the most masculine alpha male, you know, on the show... Um, and all they're left with is a bunch of uh, emasculated men. Right. And the other... That, you know, and it just bothers me because, you know, I know they got the, all these check boxes and, and all this wokeness and stuff. But what bothers me about that show is they just harp on it too much. Are, are you really women? Or are you... Are you um, yeah, I almost said it. Um, hags. Right. You know, the, 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 I can't say it, I guess. But, you know... Are you just? Are you, are you trying to say fag hags? Is that what are you're you trying? Are you allowed to say that? I, don't I know. guess I guess you are. Yeah, um, but but you know the thing is is that it gets old. You know, I mean that that theme sort of went out in the '90s. I mean, I lived in New York in the '90s, all through the '90s, and uh, there was a lot of that going on then. The wokeness, right? But you know, but you would get you would be left with the impression, that, and we're going to hear in a minute when we listen to Victor David Hansen talk about black crime. And you'll be left with this idea that um, that uh, the numbers are so much bigger than they really are. I mean, homosexuality, uh, homosexuals represent maybe ten percent. Yeah. Not even. Not not uh, not not even, and it's skewed in certain. And the trans community, which is what they've been focusing on now, you know, it's not enough to just be gay. You got to actually have gen- gender mutilization. You have to have gen- gender fluidity. And, yeah, gender mutilization is well, what I call it. Well, that's and, uh, that, that's what it actually is. And for a fourteen-year-old, that's that's criminal. Well, one thing I want to add that I thought the show did well. There was a scene, and I I think there's been a lot of the wokeness that was addressed, that, where you have the characters grappling with it. And but well, the thing I do like was they weren't all bowing to it. And there's a great scene where the Charlotte character, uh, her younger daughter Rose, says, "I don't like, I don't." feel like a girl and charlotte of course gets all worried about this because this is now all in you know every day people are talking about kids not feeling like they're girls or feeling like they're boys and she mentions it she mentions it to her gay friend anthony and anthony quickly says she's a kid i mean you know the when she's a few years ago she thought she was a dog it's not a big deal. And right. he's the gay character and he right. says that right. Right. so i thought that that was hopeful that we're not all caving into this Absolutely, absolutely. But, you know, you're giving this uh, impression that it's more than it is. You know, what I love about American Patriots is, you know, we've embraced Rick Grinnell. We've embraced Scott Pressler. Both are openly gay. Yeah. And there's several more, right? I mean, there's many, many more gay Republicans. I think that, you know, if anything, if you look at what Donald Trump did, he 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 took the world stage leadership yeah. role, led America with this effort to say, 
it's not uh, it's not okay to be throwing homosexuals off the top of buildings in these Muslim nations. Of course it isn't. And that, that nobody was, everybody was turning a blind eye to it because of oil money or blood money or whatever it was. But at the end of the day, it was Donald Trump that actually spoke up and led the world and said, nations that do this kind of thing, that, that it's, uh, you know, Saudi Arabia, wherever it is, it's not okay and we're going to... Uh, uh, Crack down on your human rights violations. Yeah. So, you know, he led the world on that. You know, where's the gay community in support of Donald Trump's efforts there? Where was the ACLU for crying out loud? And so, you know, I think that the conservatives were basically like, we tolerate you, but you know what? Um, enough about your sexuality. You know, I, I'm, you know I'm, I have my own sexuality. You have your sexuality. Yeah. Leave it in the bedroom. Yeah. But we don't need to be talking about what it is that turns you on, you know, whether it's a same sex or different sex. We don't need to be getting into all that right now. It's it's boring. Keep it to yourself. It's private. All right. You know, maybe Clinton was right when he said, don't ask, don't tell. But, you know, I'm just saying that we've taken this way too far. And it's the same thing that's true with this whole wokeism with corporations now backpedaling, these corporations like Levi, uh, like Home Depot, all these corporations that were financing Black Lives Matter, Marxist haters, thugs, they're actually funneling money to the top where they're buying $4 million worth of houses at the top, laughing all the way to the bank or to the island, and... Where's this money going? You know, even the Clinton Foundation was horrible when it came to how much money that was donated to their organization went to the proper cause that they said that they were, you know, about. And it was the lowest number. You know, they were hoarding about 80% of that money flying for free all over the world, staying at posh hotels on donations there were actually quid pro quo donations from uh, heads of state that were promised certain gifts from secretaries of state like Hillary Clinton. Every time she got to be powerful, they were making raking in the dough, just like Hunter Biden. These Democrats, they have no souls. They don't do it from their heart ever. What they, uh, anything they say seems to be a big fat lie. But what we're seeing is these corporations, and I've always said that the corporations were selling out, um, and they were selling out because they uh, needed access to uh, the TPP, or you know, Nike would sell out because they want China to make their sneakers, and Levi would sell out because they want uh, China to make their jeans. You think you have a supply chain problem right now? If you don't get woke and if you don't donate to the Black Lives Matter group and say it's all okay to be racist like the Black Lives Matter group is, you'll go broke. If you don't go woke, you'll go broke. Oh, there you go. You made a rhyme. Yeah. And, um, and, and the reason why I say that is because I think these corporations were strong-armed into saying, look, if you want access to the supply chains coming from China... You will play ball with the because I, I always try to figure out 
How in the world is it that they wake up one day and they say, we're going to give money to Black Lives Matter, a hate group? And it never really registered. I never understood it. Why in the world are they supporting a group that loots their stores? Why in the world are they doing it? And I couldn't figure it out. I even had Heather McDonald on once. And that was the first question I asked her. And she didn't even give. And she's one of the smartest people I've met, you know, or, or know. And, um, and she, she didn't uh, give, in my opinion, the answer that was true. Because I don't think she knew at the time. This is going back about a year, two years ago. And I've been racking my head trying to figure it out. And I actually think it has a lot to do with China. The COVID meister, you know, where we're getting our COVID from. And now we're going to be talking about that today, too. There's a lot of things happening with regard to the poll numbers and the Biden camp and so much to, to get into today. But let's finish this woke thing. So the corporations that were funding Black Lives Matter and funding the same groups that would loot their stores in the wake of a George Floyd murder or George Floyd episode um, or any one of these riots in the streets were starting to come back around to no longer is it going to be Stephanie Rollins Blake, the black mayor from Baltimore, mm -hmm. that said, we're going to give our folks space to destroy. I really believe it was more about reparations. Yeah. More about reparations and giving free perks and we're going to get into a discussion about Jean Valjean yeah. and stealing bread is one crime and, and uh, looting uh, uh, diamond stores on Beverly Hills Drive is another. Exactly. Or Rodeo Drive, right? Um, but in any case, so these corporations are now starting to flip and go back away from it. And they're starting to get back on to forget about reimagining policing. And forget about defunding the police. We need law enforcement. And that's where we, we are now. The Democrats lost that front. They folded on Build Back Better because of Manchin and Cinema, uh, worried about inflation and worried about their constituents because they want to win their Senate seats again in 2022. So they don't have the votes in the Senate, so they're scrapping Build Back Better. They're trying to go with a voter fraud bill that they're never going to get passed. And uh, there's a lot of pressure on Cocaine Mitch, the worst senator in Congress right now, the do-nothing senator that gets rich off of his wife's business, the shipping company Foremost Group, that was caught you know, with cocaine on their ships. That's why Mitch McConnell got the name Cocaine Mitch. Yep. But... Uh, He's one of the meanest senators as well, according to a lot of different people that talk about Mitch McConnell. And Tucker Carlson, we played a clip that confirmed that and reiterated that earlier in the week. But these corporations are starting to flip around now, and they're starting to pull the, a wave. They're pulling back because the Democrats promised them that they would get rich. Did you hear recently in the last 24 hours, I think it was yesterday, that Joe Biden basically was saying uh, it's going to be a deadly winter. It's going to be for deadly COVID, out there. Yeah, yeah COVID, yeah. Omicron. 
And uh, this is going to be deadly. 10 to 15,000 more people will die. You know what he said? It was a big fat lie. He said for the unvaccinated, it's going to be deadly and brutal. It's going to be gloom and doom. It's going to be the worst of the worst. But if you got that booster shot and if you got that vaccine, if you got the third vaccine. It's all fine. And the four vaccines and the boosters and the boosters and the boosters. And you made Pfizer rich. And Pfizer just bought out a company that's actually going to have a pill for myocarditis. Yeah. You know, uh, Air, uh, Arena Pharmaceuticals. Yeah. Right. A company that actually specializes in cardiac arrests. Yeah. Is the is the company they just bought out for $6.7 billion. Now, how's that for hedging your bets, right? Pfizer, giving you a vaccine that causes you cardiac problems with blood clotting and myocarditis, and then buys another company that says, we'll fix that too. Do they really have your best interest at heart? Well, Biden is suing that, but he's still trying to get to that 70%. I have a feeling that the number of folks is nowhere near 70%. I think, you know, I'm hearing way too many uh, reports of people still getting fired in droves for not getting the jab. The same jab that now doctors are saying is not sure it's safe. And we've heard plenty of stories of people being vaccinated and still getting COVID. Well, and how about the Johnson & Johnson story? CDC said we are going to have to pull Johnson and Johnson. I believe again that Johnson and Johnson is on the outside of the Fauci um, profit center. I don't think Fauci, because Johnson and Johnson was being picked on since the very beginning, and yes, so was they're Astra- outside of the recommendation list, right? And so was AstraZeneca, and I believe that Pfizer and Moderna were the companies to where. Fauci thought that's where the money needs to go. And no more competition. You know, you don't hear them talking about um, Regeneron or a micro, uh, uh, mi- microbial um, antibodies. Mm-hmm. What do you call those? <laughs> the, Antimicrobial. Uh, no, my, my, <laughs> I'm drawing a blank. Uh, but the antibodies. Uh, the antibodies that save you, right, that save your life. Uh, the ivermectin that's been so good for people like Joe Rogan and people like Dana White and all these people that are not afraid to be uh, of the media. They could care two, two cents. Microbial, my, microbial, microbial antibodies, right? But you take those antibodies and so if you get sick, that's the first thing you do. You call your doctor, you tell them what you want, you pick it up at the pharmacy and you take it. And that's all you got to do. Tell them you tested positive. You want these, this, this, and this. And they have to do it for you. They must do it for you. But in other countries, they're telling hospitals to turn COVID patients away if they're unvaccinated. How do you like that? They're yeah. saying, we are not going to treat you for uh, a motorcycle accident if you're not vaccinated. That's terrible. That's absolutely terrible. So we're going to get into um, a lot of different things. Uh, Before we forget, Elon Musk was man of the year. Yeah, and you agreed with that. Yeah, well, they they say person of the year, but I say man of the year. Oh, for heaven's sake. Well, (laughs) you know, woman. Isn't the word man in the word woman? 
Well, um, there there is the expression like Whoa, the con. That's how you well, spell it. Woman, but you know, but there is the expression like the common man refers to men mm-hmm. and women. But I, but all right, th- all right. And I, I usually hate all this politically correct stuff, but I'm okay with person of the year. I think that's all right. I'm not. No, I'm all right. Man with of it. the year. Yeah. So I know it's old fashioned, but you know what? Why yeah. not? The thing is, is that woman. You've heard of mankind. Yeah. Do you think that they were talking about just men, or do you think they were talking? They about were women talking men? about both. That's right. So what I'm saying is there's nothing wrong with... You don't have to split the hairs. We all get it. Yeah. Mankind, women are uh, women and men are part of mankind. I get that. That's why they say woman. Uh, and you're, you're pretty smart with literature and stuff. Oh, yeah. what does, so there's man and then there's woe man. What's woe? I, I, I don't know the root you of the word. I'd have, I'd have to look it up. Oh, I, okay. I don't know. <laughs> all right. But Elon Musk has been giving more. And right. There's a, trending on Twitter and trending on social media in general. Elon Musk is the one basically going against the deep state yeah. and the elitists uh, more than anybody. And he's going after Nancy Pelosi. And he's going after all of these radical lefties. Uh, basically, he supports the vaccine. But he doesn't support vaccine mandates. And that's that's where I am. Yeah. Look, folks, if you want to get the vaccine, go get it. Yeah. If you want to save your job, I don't believe that your job should be threatened over this. Because, again, CDC just came out and said Johnson & Johnson might kill you. We have to curb it. We, we, we don't know about Johnson & Johnson just right, right now. Right. There seems to be some problems with this vaccine. And Pfizer is the same thing. They haven't tested enough. At the same time, they're saying these vaccines might kill you. They're saying if you don't get this vaccine, you're going to lose your job. If you go to the Cheesecake Factory in New York, which there's a big hoopla, um, you're going to be uh, arrested for trespassing is what was happening with this one group. And so there's a lot of this going on simply because you don't want to take an unverified, untested, unvetted Vaccine. Yeah. And, you know, for maybe religious exemptions. And, you know, we got to do a better job, I think, even here with our show. We got to we got to figure out, like, I don't know what the loopholes are. Like, you hear about these people filing for a religious exemption. Or well, I think exemption. there's a religious exemption. I think there could be a health. But what thing. is the standard? Because, you know, when, when these illegals come across the border, they already have a cheat sheet. Right. I'm asylum. I'm political. I don't know what to do. You know, whatever. And then they get in. Right. Yes, you're in. You know, and already we're seeing an escalation in November. It's double what it was a year ago in terms of border crossings, particularly it's, it's madness in Yuma, Arizona. Um, but what I'm saying is they already have a cheat sheet. What's the cheat sheet for being exempt for this stupid vaccine? Well, I think Mandate. the pro- I think the problem with it is is whatever those guidelines are, they're not being enforced consistently. So, if you say you have a religious exemption, which basically means that your religion does not permit you to take medicine, put medicine in your system, if you don't, um, if you don't know exactly what it's going to do. I mean, there's there's probably a lot of nuances to this, and then also there's the, there are physical and medical exemptions that should be in place. 
But I think what's happening with the um, illegal immigrants is they're just getting uh, a pass in general because of the circumstances under which they're coming into the country. So they're so they're first they're coming in illegally, then they're getting they're getting to go to the head of the class in many ways and and skip a lot of the other hurdles because of the fact they came here illegally and they came here under duress and everything else. So it doesn't make any sense. Once again, it's hypocritical. So we're going to switch gears a little bit. And uh, yesterday I was talking about something that is taboo. And I said, um, you know, one thing I'm seeing about this smash and grab is all these crimes. You know, the crime wave is up. Yeah. Crime is up everywhere. And already we're seeing the San Francisco mayor and then Nancy Pelosi's kind of bowing to the yeah. uh, San Francisco mayor. And you're seeing corporations um, walk away from reimagining policing and defunding the police right. to funding the police and bringing law and restoring law and order. Right. Because I think it's killing them in the polls, number one. Number two, yeah, people are just, you know, it's starting to catch up on Rodeo Drive and Beverly Hills. See, these crimes are now starting to enter into the rich neighborhoods. And these are the fun- people that finance campaigns. So naturally, they're going to act real quick. So the mayor in San Francisco basically said, we're going to crack down on this kind of senseless crime. And Nancy Pelosi is like, I don't know what is causing all this. It's like, don't act stupid. Yeah. You know, she, I couldn't believe you. You remember she, she, she was called out on that. Yes. Yes. Acting like she doesn't have a clue, clue in the world as to, what's as to why going all on, this crime yeah. is. But I said yesterday, I said, you know, in every video I'm seeing, it's 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 these black people that are committing these crimes. Where are the black leaders speaking up? You don't see it anywhere. Where are the leadership? Because these people are eventually going to find themselves in jail. It's going to impact their children because they're going to have fatherless homes again. And you and I, Leonor, were talking about black crime yeah. and how it's disproportionate representation of black males, but not so much the case with black females, because black females are left with the child and they have a responsibility that the, and, and they don't have the luxury of a black man that just wants to go and, and sell drugs and gangbang on the streets. Well, we were talking um, about with and, incarceration rates that right. the, that black male and that, they're higher educated too. Yeah, black females are higher educated than black males have better jobs, you know, in general. And then and then there is a higher proportion of black male. There were more like if you compare the statistics and you go through the grid, black male, black males, white males, black females, uh, white females. There are more proportionately speaking white females incarcerated than black females because of the simple fact that you with so many black males being incarcerated the black females like you were just saying don't have the luxury of being frivolous they have to they have to take care of their households and, and but it, unfortunately this becomes a, a cyclical problem because you have all these fatherless homes and because the you know the mothers can only do so much well in any case i was talking about this and then Victor Davis Hansen, someone I really admire. Me too. He's part of the Hoover Institute, which yeah. is an organization I strongly support. Um, and the Manhattan Institute. But moreover, the uh, Hoover Institute, which is out there by Stanford. Uh, that's where its headquarters is. Yep. It's outside of Washington. Go figure. Um, but 
Victor Davis Hanson calls it the taboo issue, and he goes right to it. And I learned about this yesterday after I did the show. So I wasn't influenced by Victor Davis Hanson, but I don't also I don't also say that he was he got that from me. I don't think that's the case, but um, we were thinking on the same page, and he's basically calling it out. And he actually added a few things I didn't even add, which was um, about and and I've always thought that this turning a blind eye to black crime and black rioting is a form of reparations. It's a form of um, payback. It's a saying. It's penny pennyless. It's penny crime. Penny crime like. Oh, you know, it's clothes for your, it's a stereo, it's it's reparations, because we can't pass the reparations in Congress, so we're going to go ahead and make it possible for black people to just go ahead and loot stores and steal their liquor, steal their jeans, steal their jewelry, steal their electronics, steal their boom boxes, mm-hmm. steal whatever, and that's going to be a way to give back, mm-hmm. and insurance will write it off, or big corporate, you know, whatever it is. And, and the sacrifice to that is the corporations that donate to the same people that are looting their stores, Black Lives Matter, are going to get reimbursed by having access to China labor and sweatshops yeah. and slave labor markets uh, on behalf of the Uyghurs that are being crucified in China. Yeah. And that is, that is uh, what I think is in play. I think that's how they're getting paid off for their support, for their not stepping up and going to the conservative party. But I think what's happening is the promise hasn't caught up with them. The promise isn't there. They're losing money. And they're not getting a return on investment because the materialization of these things hasn't happened in the way that they were promised. So I think they're starting to bail on the COVID mandates and I think they're starting to bail on this defunding the police. And they realize that they're going to lose the elections. And when they lose the elections, they're going to lose their political power. And that's where I think this goes. But we're going to go ahead and take a listen now to uh, Victor Davis Hanson. It's a really good piece. And again, I don't think we, uh, I think we need to hit this more head on because it is what it is. And nobody wants to talk about it in the mainstream media. Everybody's afraid. I heard this commentator, I heard this guest on Fox and Friends today. Mm-hmm. And he was so short-sighted and so stupid. Um, and he basically said, well, I, you know, he was law, law enforcement out in California, in L.A. He was like, I think that the, the corporations were you donated to Black Lives Matter who was doing all this because I think they were afraid to be called racist. Now, you yeah. actually actually concurred with them a Well, bit. I think that's I part... I actually don't see that at all. I, I see both you call points. Me, I could care less whether you call me a racist or not. No, I no, I, no I see. I because see, I know I'm not. Well, no, I see both points. I, I agree with you about the supply chain, but I just want to quickly say this, that the reason that being called racist is, that, as we have seen, if an organization, particularly a high-profile one, has a few... Um, negative PR moments, that can cause their stock to drop. That can cause a lot of other things to happen. And that's why people are afraid of being called racist. Not for the individual merchant who uh, who put, started putting up the Black Lives Matter sign because he's afraid somebody's going to loot 
the, his store. Oh yeah, that's a good that's point. A, that's that's a, actually a pretty good. point. That's there. a good point. But for the major corporations, they're afraid of a, of this current woke culture. They've caved into the current woke culture because they're afraid that the stock value is going to go down. That's what it's all about. But you know what's similar to that though, too, in California. Yeah. You know, because people would paint, uh, their board up their building, right? Right. They were doing this in New York. Yeah. And then they would put BLM on their boards. Right. Yeah. To try to prevent the black racist thugs from looting their stores, right? Yeah. Hey, we're with you. Yeah. Um, and now you got people in California, and they're leaving their car hatches yeah. open. Yeah. They, they're they're saying basically our car is wide open. Yeah. You don't have to break your window. You can come in looking through my car. There's nothing in it for you to steal. Yeah. We cleaned out the glove compartment. Yeah. Glove compartment's wide open for you. You know, so have at it. Yeah. Right? But you know what, um, folks? Uh, one other thing that's happening with this advanced crime. You ever hear of these uh, things called tiles or tags? The Apple tags, Apple tiles? Yeah. It's where you could track stuff. Yeah, you, you started telling me this the other day. Yeah. So it's uh, these little tags that you could buy on Amazon. And Apple has them. Um, a lot of different companies have them. They're tracking tags. And what criminals are doing is they're putting the tag on your car. And then when your car is tracked into a remote area, it gets robbed. Because they can tell you have a laptop in there. Oh, no, no, no. That's the, okay. That's another one. Yeah. Okay. No, this is where they're literally tracking cars. It used to be that the person would track their car like a low jack. Right. To see if it got stolen, they would know where to find it. Right. The criminals are actually doing this now. Okay. They're tracking your car so that if you were to go ahead and then park it in a remote area uh, and then leave it or, you know, be in a remote they area. They can go get it while you're they absent. They can go get it or carjack you knowing full well that there's no police around in that area. And so they could actually get you in a compromised location yeah. Um, based on those tags. They're tagging your car to track your car to steal it. Mm. Now, the other one is... We live in a cynical world. They, the other one is they have a, 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 a metal detector of sorts where they'll drive down a city street and it'll beep anytime there's a laptop in your car. You know, I put my laptop in my sister's car um, sometime over the summer because it was heavy to carry and we were walking. And I remember being worried about it. I, and that was like, I almost never do that for that but simple reason. it doesn't reason. matter. If you decide to tuck it under the seat, put it in the Yeah, back, exactly. So it doesn't matter. You got to carry it with you. There you go. They'll know the laptop is in your car. There you go. So you got to carry never, it Never, always carry a laptop or leave it at home. All right. Well, speaking of this, uh, so Victor Davis Hanson talks about the taboo issue of rising black crime, you know, disproportionate black crime. And what are we going to do about it? Yeah. Because, you know what, black people need to step up and they need to actually straighten out their own yeah. problems. Yeah. I remember we had Amy Wax on and Amy Wax was uh, basically talking about all the reparations and all the paybacks in the world are not going to fix the problem. Yeah within the black community it's got to be fixed from within and she talked about the parable and the paraplegic yeah and i say this with my back i'm wearing a back brace right now i could you know i'm on i'm still on uh antibiotics uh but i don't have the line coming in my arm and and but basically um 
I'm still recovering. I have another four months of recovery at least. And um, I can, you know, I just got off of walking with a walker. And uh, I, I don't even need a cane sometimes, but I'm very fragile right now. Um, but I have to go to the gym and do exercises that I can and that I'm allowed to do. And I have to figure out how to work this. And it reminded me of what Amy Wax said. And that is, unless you work really, really hard, you'll never walk again, is what she said about this paraplegic. It's the same thing with the black community. At some point, all the money in the world is not going to fix the problem that you and only you can fix yourself. And that's the trouble with the black community right now. It's the lack of leadership. But we're going to listen to Victor Davis Hanson address this rising crime issue and address also why it seems to be that it's dominated by black uh, black thugs uh, that are probably endorsed by Black Lives Matter. And let's take a listen. Yeah. Well, in the aftermath of the George Floyd death, remember that one of the demands that was made upon these large cities, and most of these take place in larger cities, especially in California and many in Minnesota. But they defunded the police. They don't mean they defunded them completely, but they cut out proactive police tactics and policies. So that was the first thing. And a lot of policemen were demoralized and they quit or retired early. The second thing is that over the last decade, a lot of left-wing institutions, most prominently those of George Soros, have funded I would call them critical legal theory district attorneys. These are people who do not believe that the law reflects human nature or natural law. In other words, to be quite frank, they feel that thievery or burglary or assault, these are crimes that are constructed by the wealthy or the elite. As one person wrote, it's against the law to steal, you know, bread because the wealthy never steal bread, so they don't really it doesn't affect them. So they just, they transmit their values onto other people. So there was a concentrated effort to redefine criminal activity as social justice cries of the heart. And then finally, besides the uh, effect uh, that police didn't have the tools to deter criminals, and if they did arrest them, they were either let go or let out on early bail or tried on reduced charges or acquitted. Then we had the, during the under the mask of COVID, we had people in state penal boards and who ran county jails who were letting out prisoners under the guise of saying that they uh, could not keep COVID out of the in the prison system or the jail system. So that was a trifecta: police, district attorneys, and those in charge of keeping people behind bars. The second thing that happened that is quite unusual is that the crime now has metamorphosized into wealthy areas. Beverly Hills, uh, last weekend in Carmel-by-the-Sea, there was an attack on a jewelry store, Walnut Creek. And so the very, and we've had carjackings of very prominent people. So this is very interesting because many of these people who have been attacked have been very sympathetic to the left, and yet they are becoming, along with the poor, the, the victims of crime. The other thing is that we don't like to talk about it. It's a taboo subject, and it gets people in trouble. But 
the FBI statistics of which we have the late, latest year was 2019 suggests that on these types of crimes, murder, and by the way, we have an all-time murder rate in the top 12 cities in America, right. 12 of them. Uh, we have never seen that. But in terms of assault, manslaughter, burglary, murder, African-American males uh, make up about 6% of the to seven percent of the population, but they are arrested at about fifty percent of the population for those crimes I just mentioned. And in this latest crime wave, they seem to be that that statistic seems to be at least holding true, if not more so. So we have a existential intellectual problem. We are not addressing why African American males are committing crimes inordinately, given their numbers in the population. Is it because after George Floyd, the elites felt that they could no longer have the moral authority to um, deter criminals that are of so-called people of color? I don't know what the answer is, but it's a taboo subject, and it makes it all the more um, difficult because when we talk about crime, a large proportion is committed by people whom the majority culture does not want to identify, even though it's very popular to identify pathologies by race, but not in this particular case. And so we're in denial. And as far as the Asian American community, if you look at the statistics, and I have looked at them in 2019, again, the last year that we had complete statistics, um, it's quite interesting because there's a lot of prominent members of the Asian American left wing community who suggest that uh, these Asian hate crimes are committed by whites or, or they're not racially motivated. But it turns out that so-called white people, 70 percent, are underrepresented as perpetrators of hate crimes. They, they are victims a little bit higher. Asians are very much underrepresented. And by that, I mean they're very rarely perpetrators, but very often victims. The same thing is true of Jews. African-Americans are overrepresented by about 50%. In other words, about 13% of the population is creating or responsible for about 26 to 28% of all hate crimes. The same disparities happen in rare interracial crimes. So what I'm getting at is that this country cannot discuss uh, race and crime. And even if it's just a question of saying, well, people who were impoverished or have less economic parity with majority cultures or with other particular cultures, obviously will will have problems with crime, but we don't even want to discuss it. So these are that's pretty much we're in a crime spike because of the lack of policing, the lack of prosecution, and the lack of incarceration, and the defense of that by critical legal theorists on the left, and then the inability to talk about crime in terms of what 50% of the perpetrators happen to be of one particular demographic that no one wants to talk about. Wow. Yeah. Well, the last line said it all, that 50% of the perpetrators of a, are of a particular demographic that no one wants to talk about. So I think that's a real critical issue, that we don't want to say w- the situation in its actual terms. We don't want to say what the actual reality is because you're going to be perceived as racist. And, and, that's, and that's the problem. If you can't explain the situation, if you cannot explain the demographics, you can't solve the problem.
and right. that, and that's, well, that's what it all comes that, that's what all comes down to and he made the point about the bread you know the with the uh, the reference Jean to uh, Jean Valjean and uh, Victor Hugo's Les Misérables let's remember that Jean Valjean stole bread to feed his sister's children for which he was sentenced to 20 years in prison okay and that's what the whole story is about about how he eventually gets out of prison and then he becomes i guess the almost like the equivalent of the mayor and then that and that one guy uh is still going after him trying to trying to get him back in jail but these people are not stealing bread to feed their families or their families' families. What they're doing is they're going in and smashing things just to take electronics home. I mean, that's what they're doing. Okay, it's hardly the same thing. Well, if you'd like to call in and comment on what you just heard there, um, you can call our talk line. It's uh, 215-TOP-TALK. That's 215-867-8255. That's 215-867-8255. 8255, if you'd like to call in and weigh in on that. Um, you know, it's uh, Victor Davis Hanson really nailed it there. Oh, he absolutely yeah. nailed it. I will, I will say that, um, you know, I really, uh, I really thought it was interesting that he was talking about it the same day I was. Yeah. You know, and nobody He's else is channeling really talking. you. That's what no, it all no, comes no, no. I, to. I actually don't believe that. <laughs> I don't believe he was channeling me. Um, but I was not channeling him either. It was independent of each other. Yeah, well, there you and, go. Um, and so all I'm saying is, is, is that uh, I think it's, I think it's an issue that's just screaming to be talked about. Yeah. And uh, because we want to see it get better. Yeah, of course we, we, we do. We definitely want to see it get better. Nobody loves, nobody wants this crime, you know. So, um, I'm going to get into some of our uh, tweets. I was just uh, reading this Charlie Kirk one. Um, it says, a man named Princess was sent to prison for raping a 12-year-old girl. He was released, moved to Washington, identified as a trans, and was arrested again. They sent him to an all-female prison where he raped and disabled an inmate. That is the left's sexual anarchy agenda at work. That's Charlie Kirk wrote that. And, uh, you know, it's, it's absolutely absurd. Also, you know, the other big problem is censorship. So there's uh, an article by The Federalist, and it basically is entitled, Facebook Censors Article About Dangers of COVID Censorship. So it's in his latest attempt to curb conservative coverage. Facebook censored a Federalist article on Wednesday about the dangers of COVID censorship. So, you know, what are we to do when we can't have an open discussion? Yeah about, you know, therapeutics. Nobody's talking. You know, I was listening to Joe Biden talk about this fear-mongering. If you're unvaccinated, you're going to end up... It's a blatant, bold-faced lie, and he doesn't get censored. Yet we have a presidential candidate and a president of the United States, Trump, that got censored and got canned, you know, from all the social media platforms. Joe Biden's... Uh, team lied to us 
about this whole thing about um, if you're unvaccinated, you're going to have a doom and gloom winter, you're going to die. Yeah. And if you're vaccinated with a booster shot, and it keeps adding to the list, right? If you've got the four, three vaccines and a booster and another booster and whatever, when is it ever going to end? Because right now you're not officially fully vaccinated mm-hmm. if you don't have all the shots. Yeah. So you can't go to the restaurant in New York City. Yeah. Uh, and yet at the same time, CDC is coming out, cracking down against Johnson & Johnson's vaccine. Yet, you know, they're saying basically some of these vaccines can kill you. You know, you got Pfizer buying out Arena Pharmaceuticals. Again, I talked about this yesterday. It's a Barron's article, and it says Pfizer to buy Arena Pharmaceuticals in $6.7 billion deal, Arena's stock soars. And what does Arena do? Arena is inflammatory disease uh, drug. Basically, um, you get inflammation from blood clots, and they're a cardiovascular company. So Arena's drug pipeline includes several candidates as treatments in gastroenterology, dermatology, and cardiology. One such drug is etrosimode, which is currently in development for a range of immunoinflammatory diseases in late-stage studies. So naturally, Pfizer sent their stock through the roof. That was probably a big, huge windfall of cash for them there. Uh-huh. <clears throat> and they're controlling everything. They get to control all of the medical treatment, the medical discussion, the medical uh, demand. Mm -hmm. You know, the demand, the supply and demand. So it's absolutely ridiculous. Meanwhile, you got you got a couple of other things uh, that are interesting. Um, One, we're going to play this clip really quick. Um, It's uh, let's see. We've got to get to it. Um, well, I just had it, too. Um, oh, right here. Okay. So Nan Hayworth, she's a doctor. She says, true. She's referring to this video, uh, audio we're going to play for you in just a moment. She says, I'm a surgeon. Surgical style masks keep droplets containing bacteria from falling from one's nose or mouth onto a surgical field. They do that, she says. But what they don't do is they don't prevent respiratory viruses from clinging to tiny particles and circulating into the air. They don't do that. Stop the madness, she's saying. She's a doctor. She's a doctor. She's a, you know, renowned doctor. Yeah. And here you have Southwest Airlines CEO on masks. Masks don't add much, if anything. Let's take a listen. We ever, do you think, be able to get on an airplane without masks? Well, again, I would, I would echo uh, my colleagues' comments uh, on the quality of the air. It's, uh, the, the statistics I recall is 99.97% of airborne pathogens uh, are captured by the HEPA filtering system and it's turned over every two or three minutes. We use UT Southwestern and Stanford School of Medicine. But, um, yeah, I, I think the case uh, is very strong that 
masks don't add much, if anything, uh, in the uh, air cabin environment. It's very safe and very high quality com compared to uh, uh, any other indoor setting. We ever, do you think, be able... So that leads to confusion, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Know? By the way, uh, I just noticed our Do Not Disturb uh, button was checked on our call-in So nobody could call in and you were telling them to call. <laughs> I know. That's like inviting people to your house and it, then not answering the door. There's supposed to be a green <laughs> dot up there. A gray dot is Do Not Disturb and a red dot means You're right. Away. <laughs> All right, so uh, we got to remember to do it the right way on Monday. <laughs> yes, sorry about that. Um, yeah, I was wondering about that. Um, all right, so there's a couple of other things we wanted to talk about, but um, you know, I wanted to uh, also. We're finishing. Up, we're yeah. running out of time, actually. Yeah. Uh, I wanted to get to um, jo uh, Joe Rogan talking about Julian Assange. And also Tucker Carlson talking about Adam Schiff. And also Tucker Carlson was saying, stop the madness. Why are we still talking about COVID as if it's, you know, like you wouldn't talk about your prostate cancer every single day, right? Now, and then there it is. We just turned it on, but we're going to have to, uh, well, we'll take, we'll take this really, really quick. Hold on. Because um, the person was nice enough to call in as soon as we reported that. Caller, you're on the air? Yeah, hi, this is Donna. Okay, hey Donna. You're from Western PA, right? Uh, no, I'm calling from California. Oh, okay. Uh, old California, right, uh, Los got, Angeles area. We got 30 seconds. I, yeah, I just want to tell you, I think you're a great show, and I continue to pray for you when I go into temple. I just want you to know I'm praying for you. Thank you so, so much. So you have a full covering. Thank you. And that's all I want to know. And you have a great show, and I'm going to let you go. All right. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Wow, I okay. need all the prayers uh -huh. I can I, get. I I yeah, you pray, too. Yeah, absolutely. Well, apparently uh, people are listening because you're getting better. Yeah, yeah <laughs> well, my, my I've been through it. This has been one heck of a year. And now my brother, you know, I'm praying for him, too. Yeah, we have to pray for him, too. My brother's in the hospital. So it's just been one of those years, 2021. It started off with J6 and uh, Biden inauguration. It's been a hell of a Well, year. 2022 has just got to be better. That's yeah, all there is absolutely. to it. Well, I want to thank everybody for tuning in today to the Scott Adams Show. Be sure to check out scottadamshow.com for the latest podcast, magapack.org, and buglecall.org for our 501c3 nonprofit. We are official there. And also, uh, I want to... Um, uh, just make mention that, um, you know, uh, uh, Leonora has some really great articles over at spectator.org. Is that how you get to it? That's how you get to it. Check out our articles over there. And with that, my name is Scott Adams. My name is Leonora Cravetta. And we'll see you next time on the radio. Bye-bye, everybody. Just to bury my kids right up to there